Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. I am super stoked to have you here today. It is an absolutely beautiful day. I'm in Spokane, Washington, and it kind of feels like the first official day of summer. I'm going to go swimming later, which is something I'm super excited about. I used to swim competitively for most of my youth, so spending time in water. Also, growing up in Minnesota, I have a deep connection to the water, so I'm really excited for this, and it is just one of those activities that you're like, okay, summer's here. We're excited. Let's do the thing, so I am recording this intro. I talked to Carly, of Project Direct, and I am so stoked for you guys to listen in on this interview. Carly and I share a lot of the same thoughts when it comes to mindset around training and also projecting hard things like sport climbs, so I'm really excited for you to be able to listen to this interview. I think you're going to take a lot out of it, and Carly is absolutely brilliant at what she does. I was so excited to have her as a guest on the show. So, a couple quick updates from me. If you have not yet joined Elevate, you still have a little bit of time to join at the discounted price. Elevate is my 12-week self-paced course. This is everything that you need to know about improving your climbing from a training, mindset, nutrition, and hormone point of view, all through a female-specific lens. So this is everything that I wish I had known when I first started getting serious about improving my climbing about eight years ago. It took me about eight years to gather all of this information to put into one course. There are 12 weekly modules. There is homework so that you can implement everything. There are guest trainings. There are guest interviews. There's so much content packed inside this course. And for the next couple of weeks, it's going to be $200 off. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to take it off sale. This course is going to be available at all points in time, but if you can save money doing it, you would do that. Absolutely, you want to be able to save the $200 off of this. There are two different options that you can go with for Elevate. You can do an option where you get all of the weekly modules, you get everything, and then there's another option where you get all of that plus a training plan, and the training plan you can either use at home with a hangboard. You don't need any weights, any gym access, or any equipment other than that, or you can use the gym version, which is going to include everything from climbing on the walls to doing weighted hangs, things like that. So basic equipment that you'll find at the gym. I am so excited about this program. I cannot believe it took me so long to make it into a self-paced course, but now that it's here, I am happy that it took quite a while because it really allowed me to amass all of the information that I wanted to put into here, and this is truly a comprehensive, totally holistic course for improving your climbing. So for me, one of the my favorite things about this course is how much it has a huge focus on mindset, which is what we're going to be talking all about in this interview with Carly. But the mindset aspect and component of things is seriously, like I, I think it's about 99% of climbing, I swear. Sometimes climbing is way more mental than it is physical. We go over everything from fear of falling and how to overcome it to fear of injury, overcoming the comparison 
comparison trap, how to identify the limiting beliefs that are holding you back in the first place and what to do about them. We talk about body image, body confidence, and we really start to dive into how we learn and how we create patterns and learning to really create ones that actually serve us and actually help us get stronger. There are six weeks of mindset work before you dive into the nutrition, the hormone balancing information. Of course, you can do things out of order if you want, but I really think that the mindset builds that strong foundation that you need to go into the other components of the program with a really solid foundation. I am so excited that Elevate is back out there in the world. Over 60 women have gone through this program and have graduated and have gotten exceptional results, and I'm so excited to be able to share this on a larger scale. So again, this is a self-paced course, meaning that you can go through this course and you can do it as fast as you want, as slow as you want, and again, you can have that option to do the 12-week training plan alongside of it. For me, I absolutely love DIY and self-paced course because I'm the type of person I don't necessarily want to show up on a schedule. I kind of want to do things when I want to do them. Um, hashtag rebel life for always. And for me, doing something like a self-paced course, it's something that if I get super excited about something, I can just do it. I can go along at my own speed and pace. And if I have something pop up in my life, I am busy for a sec, then it can sit on the back burner for a little bit. So I'm so excited to be able to offer this in this type of format. So I'll link everything in the show notes to where you can learn more about Elevate. If you have any questions about the program, if it's a good fit for you, be sure to shoot me a message on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching or send me an email chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com. I'll put everything in the show notes so you can learn more about Elevate. You can check out the information page. And again, that $200 discount is good for right now, but I'm not exactly sure how much longer it will be good for. There are also payment plan options available as well if you want to break the payments up into a little bit more easily digestible chunks. And I know you are absolutely going to love, love, love this course. So let's go ahead and get into this interview with Carly. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm really excited because today we have a good friend of mine here. We have Carly. She is somebody that is really making a huge impact in the industry and really doing a ton of mindset work with people. And I am so excited to have her on the show. We're going to be talking about a lot of different topics and one that is very near and dear to my heart, which is being injured in the middle of your season and kind of where to go from there. We're also going to be talking a lot about projecting methods and really cool and fun ideas on how to actually start progressing your climbing in a way that doesn't feel like you have to give up and sacrifice a lot of things. So Carly, thank you so much for being on the show. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So yeah, my name is Carly. I'm the founder and coach of Project Direct Coaching. I work with climbers on mindset, projecting methods, projecting in general. Um, I'm a certified personal trainer, so I also do a lot of training plans for people, really trying to bring together the physical and the mental side of climbing um, so you can send your harder routes. Yes, uh, that resonates with me so deeply too because quickly realized how big of a component mindset was in climbing and seriously like how difficult it is to progress your climbing if you're only just focusing on the physical and being able to like work on things a little bit more holistically, I'm sure for you on your side, like when was that first time that you realized like, oh yeah, mindset, that's a thing you need to focus on. Yeah, totally. I think it came to, um, so I'm primarily a sport climber. I definitely like to do a lot of different climbing, but um, red pointing sport routes is kind of my favorite thing. And um, noticing the difference on days where I could keep focus and days that I couldn't. And so really kind of starting to dig into that. 
And then the effects on that were like, I started sending quite a bit more, but then looking at my numbers, they haven't changed a ton. Right. And so like, right, we need, it's all these things. We need these skills. We need the strength the power and all that and the mindset. And we often don't progress past whatever that weakest link is. Um, but it's kind of hard to go about because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, mindset work, that sounds cool. But it's less step-by-step than like improving your finger strength. It's like, what, where's the roadmap for that? Absolutely. And I, yeah, I always say too, I'm like, training is like the sexy thing, you know, like people are like, I'm going to do weighted pull-ups and all of these things. And it's like very measurable. Whereas mindset work, yeah, it's a little bit more like, how do we measure this and how do we start to work on this? And we'll get to that a little bit later. But first of all, I want to ask you, how is the injury? Um, you had a pretty traumatic injury that you sustained just a couple of weeks ago. So this is all pretty like fresh and recent. You've had some time to process through it. So I think this is going to be really helpful for people to hear, because if you haven't gone through a big injury yet, that's a, that's like, for me, when I talk to people, that's like the number one fear that they have is like, I am so afraid that I'm going to get injured and then I'm not going to be able to climb anymore. So if you're willing to share with us a little bit of your story, I think this would be super helpful for people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll get full vulnerable on this one. Um, cause I think if it helps then it's totally worth it. But, um, so I was climbing in Indian Creek and there's this route there called the cave route. So it's like a corner crack. Um, and it starts, it's just like a super inspiring route. So this is like the standard we're kind of done for the day. We're like, go over there. We just want to show you this thing. I look at it, my jaw drops, you know, like the stars in the sky open up and I'm like, I must climb this climb. <laughs> it's so pretty. Um, you know, so kind of really setting myself up (laughs) poorly there. Um, but, uh, it was one of these things where it starts in a cave and as you go up, the wall gets closer to you. And I was hyper-focusing on making sure that my gear was good and kind of didn't necessarily have as big of a lens. And so when I, I was getting towards the top and I was quite tired and I was switched into like more of a layback position to get in another piece. And when I did that, my foot blue. And if you've ever kind of held a layback and are holding so much tension and you kind of pop off the wall when you come off, if you've had that experience, that's what happened. But there was a wall behind me. And so my foot caught on that. And so it really wasn't that big of a fall, but it was just kind of this like weird freak thing. And, um, the way that I hit it was kind of funny. And yeah, I snapped my tib and fib and then dislocated my ankle all at the same time. It was, and, uh, it was, it, it was actually the most pain I've been in in my life. I've broken a lot of bones and that was, that takes the cake. It was the ankle dislocation and looking at your ankle and being like, that's the most gruesome thing I've ever seen. And it's on my own body. Was There was a lot of adrenaline going on for sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I with that. Yeah. I'm just being like, that is pointed the wrong way. I'm <laughs> sorry for everybody listening to this. If you're squeamish, yeah. but I think it's also helpful to normalize and talk about this. Like yeah. these things do happen. Mm-hmm. They do. And, you know, as I've been climbing for 10 years and I've had some like little or like smaller injuries, but this is definitely the first time I've had an injury that was like very much requiring like a rescue ER surgery couple rounds of anesthesia, like all the things, you know, and I have to be honest, like the, I felt, uh, like, I don't want to say this, like, I felt like, man, that was like, my first reaction was still like, man, that was kind of dumb. Right. And, and I was down in Indian Creek as a primarily as a sport climber that is trying to get better at crack climbing. And like, I've tried climbed 
throughout my climbing career, but like never as consistently. So I was really trying to drive home some of these new skills. And so I think there was that moment of like, yeah, just feeling down on yourself. Like, oh, maybe you are just a sport climber. Like I've had, I've had people tell me before that I'm just a sport climber and maybe those insecurities kind of like snuck back in a little bit, mm-hmm. even though it was kind of this freak thing. And so, you know, like I'm not immune to, I'm a human. Like, you know, some of those little, those little like prickly things kind of came up, um, for me for sure. And, uh, I was lucky that I had a really good support system there, you know, to kind of help me with that. And talking about it is helpful too, you know, like the reality is if you climb outdoors for a decade, something is, you know, hopefully something like a leg break is as bad as it gets. But like, I think there's this like conversation that's helpful to have with yourself, like, never getting injured, never having that happen probably isn't that realistic. So is it worth it to you? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was driving to the ER thinking about that and I was like, yeah, I can't wait to get this fixed so I can get back to climbing, you know, to me, it's so worth it. So I was like, well, you know, kind of like put your money where your mouth is, you know, a little bit and I'm stoked to, I can bear weight in three weeks and I'll be back at it for sure. Yeah, that's really exciting. And talk to me a little bit too, because I'm sure you've, you know, previously worked with athletes and you've been, you know, minorly injured before and have had injuries. And this is, you know, kind of like, this is the event, this is the major one, but talk to me a little bit about, so yes, there's this, okay, staying positive and like, that's super great. And like, yes, we know we can train through most injuries, but also kind of like allowing yourself to feel the feels. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think like, uh, I'm pretty pretty uh like let's get after it what can we do like instantly going into that um but yeah it would be accurate to say and like for an hour every day I'm just feeling kind of down you know it takes me two hours to like have the shower breakfast experience so like as a business owner and an athlete like everything is stretched out and I'm just kind of feeling like you know it kind of makes me feel like ineffective which is hard um and then makes me feel down so I think that's yeah that's been hard there's been some hard moments for sure when I'm like man, I really would like to go climbing right now and I can't, and I'm sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. Like I would really just like to walk over there and pick something up, but instead I didn't have to, for me, I crawled a lot when I was on crutches. I was like, it's just too much work to do the crutches right now. I can't do it. Um, And yet it really is like that kind of like loss of autonomy that I think a lot of people are really afraid of and really worried about too. Like maybe even deeper than that is like having to ask for help and ask for favors. So how has that been? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, That's something that I think uh, I struggle with and it's probably good, you know, to rely on others a little bit right now. Um, and so that's been, that's been fine. I think one of the other things that it's actually been harder than asking for help or like not being able to be totally in control of my day is like when I get sad and I'm feeling down about it, like not trying to like validate or be like, Oh, you shouldn't be sad. It's not that big of a deal. Or like, it's okay to feel sad because this, 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 like, Mm -hmm letting myself just feel that way instead of trying to like put it into any sort of box about that kind mm-hmm. of things. That's yep. been hard too. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like, honestly feel the feelings in order to start the healing process. And yeah. So I talk a lot about thought shifting with a lot of my clients, which is mm-hmm. instead of, you know, things happening 
to us? Like how did, what did this happen for us for? Like, what are we supposed to learn from this and what can we, you know, take from this experience? And yeah, that's a super useful skill set. but sometimes in the moment, like that's avoiding a lot of the emotions that we are supposed to be dealing with. Like that's the experience right there is those emotions. So I think, you know, for you, like you're obviously going to be able to speak with your clients about this subject a lot better. And you're really like, as a mindset coach, like you're walking the walk and talking the talk right now. Like there is (laughs) no lived experience than this. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Very, very much. So every time I kind of walk, I'm walking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's honestly cool too, because then it reminds you of like, just like with climbing and with training and with, okay, let's say we're trying to project a route. Like it's those baby steps. Like it reminds us that like, okay, yeah. In three weeks I get to like load my foot again, potentially I get to relearn how to walk. Like it really just puts all those things into perspective. And I think it's, it's cool to remember, like it is those small wins that really add up to the bigger ones. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. That's like, if I can do one thing every week, that makes me feel like progress is being made then it becomes a lot less frustrating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So tell me a little bit too, because again, like people I think are very worried about like, oh my God, if I get injured, my training, like all the things are going to have to change. Mm -hmm. So talk to me a little bit about how your training has changed, you know, prior to the incident and then after and how that's been. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I can't bear weight. So obviously that there's a lot of things that I cannot do. And so I can, I wasn't training right. I was on like a six week kind of skill climbing trip and I was coming back and planning on to doing that and like kind of getting back up to what I wanted to do. So some of the, like, even some of the things that you're like, oh, well, you can still hangboard. Well, getting a weight over to a hangboard on crutches is not that, yeah. Like there's all these things that I never thought about, you know, with like not being able to bear weight at all. So, uh, weight vests are great. So if you, you know, like if you're in that situation, so that's how I've been doing like weighted hangs to bring my finger strength back up. Um, but yeah, like if you were doing a standing uh, kettlebell overhead press, right, you can still recreate that on a bench. Um, you, can, you do like a bench press, maybe like a horizontal press, or you can still do a vertical press, but you need to be seated. Um, so a lot of that and like how how can I change that? But the reality is for the next three weeks, kind of having to swallow that like, that like aerobic base and climbing skill just isn't going to happen. Like I can work on finger strength. I can work on a lot of upper body strength and maybe, you know, experiment with some stuff that I haven't given as much time to because I didn't feel like it was holding me back. So like, um, with bench pressing, that's kind of one of the things that I'm excited to experiment with. Um, but yeah, it's tough when you can't bear weight. Like I can't row, I can't bike. I can't, I could do a single leg auto belay, but how's the landing going to be like, I'm really pretty limited. And so, um, I'm just trying to gain where I can. And I'm also trying to like add a couple new things to keep it exciting for me. Like, like I've done a lot of vertical overhead pressing. Um, how is a horizontal switching to that? How is that going to feel different for me? And then I'm excited to see, you know, maybe there's not really much difference or maybe it's like, Oh wow, that one move now feels better. So, okay. So maybe there's some, like some gains there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it really is like, you nailed it straight on the head. Like how is the landing going to be? And like, yeah, we can modify a lot of things. And this is especially where it's like important to work with a coach that can like really work on these things with you because 
sometimes like it is, yeah, it's so easy to like get down on yourself and you're like, Oh, I can't do any of these things. But then a coach is going to be like, here's all these fun new ideas. And then like, okay, this gets a little bit fun again, but it really Mm -hmm. is like, it's changing a lot of things because you know, you're going to return back to climbing and there's going to be a lot of barriers that you're going to have to like essentially re overcome from when you first started climbing. So Mm -hmm. I'll be like really interested to hear how that process goes for you. Mm -hmm. And how you're like able to work through that, especially like, you know, as a mindset coach, because obviously the fear is going to pop up, you know, and you're going to have to be able to like walk yourself through that with all the things that you've been teaching your clients. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll report back on my first big lip. That yes. I'm be like, you know, getting right into dorsiflexion with that ankle eventually again. Right. So yes. I'm sure there's going to have to, I'm going to have to retrust it. I'm going to have to learn to retrust it. Um, but definitely gonna, I, I feel like the willingness to get uncomfortable is where we can typically grow the most. And so recognizing that it's not going to be comfortable is often like the first step to that. I'm not expecting to go out and take a huge whip and feel like bomber, you know, I'm expecting it to take a little bit of work. Right. Absolutely. And I, okay. I mean, speaking of discomfort, one thing that I think a lot of people find uncomfortable is potentially committing to a project or even picking one in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I know you project selection is a big part of what you do. So let's talk about this a little bit. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this? How should people go about picking projects? Any tips or pointers that you have? Yeah, totally. Um, so projecting, I think is just like this whole big topic. And um, we often hear about projecting like one people send. And so you're just like, oh my gosh, they're so strong. They sent this like 5XXD, you know, whatever. And we don't hear about the process, which is often really quite involved. Um, And we just, we kind of look at the grade. So what I like to ask people when people are like, all right, I'm stoked. Like I want to project something, you know, like I haven't maybe done it in a while or maybe it's your first time projecting it. And they're like looking at all these routes and it's kind of overwhelming in their heart trying to, you know, get there. And there's like a grade grade pyramid option, which I think a lot of people have heard and, you know, subscribe to. And um, basically that is for people that I'm going to explain it a little bit for people that maybe aren't familiar, but the idea isn't inherently bad. It's like you build a pyramid. So like you maybe send five, 11 D's, four, 12 A's, three, 12 B's, two, 12 C's. And then at the top of your pyramid is this 12 D, let's say, for example. And so not inherently bad, but there opens itself up to a lot of holes and it holds the people back in a lot of ways. So what I like to offer or ask when my uh, athletes are talking about some projects, I'm like, will it teach you a new skill? Will it challenge you mentally? So maybe that's a gear route or a slab route or an overhanging route, whatever it is. Um, will it push you physically? So like, obviously, you know, we're sport climbing is a pretty athletic pursuit, right? So will it push you physically? Um, and that can kind of go in and then like, is the great, you know, is it a new grade? So the grade is one quarter of the consideration and all of those other things get equal weight. Um, and so that lends itself to picking out something or at least narrowing down to like a good list, something that's going to be continually growing you and helping you grow as a climber. Um, and then the most important question that I ask of any of this stuff is, is that route personally inspiring and motivating to you? No matter, I don't care if it gets one star, five stars, somebody says it's soft for the grade, hard for the grade, whatever. Are you stoked on it? Are you excited to climb that thing five to 20 times? You know, 
20 times. I mean, you can even like further than that. Like we look at like Megos who's climbing stuff and he's counting his, his project in days, like 20 days. So like must be pretty damn inspiring. And so those are kind of the questions that I like to ask when having conversations with athletes about project selection, not, well, have you sent 12 to 12 D's? Like that's not, that's not where we're going. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's my philosophy on it. And it leads to a lot of growth and it's been really cool to like work with athletes on a long term to see that happening. hundred percent. Yeah. And you and I are definitely on the same page with yeah. <laughs> not subscribing to the, the route in the grade pyramid, because for me, like there's a lot of things that I still, I still, I wouldn't have climbed V10. Like I just, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened yet. I also wouldn't have climbed any 13s because I still haven't done 12 D and the one 12 D available to me, you know, in the area is like, this isn't fun and it's sharp and it like hurts and I don't like it, you know? So for me, I was like, if I would have subscribed to that belief is like, you have to do X before you do Y because of the way that the grades are, you know, that 12 D it also didn't fit me. It didn't fit my body and it felt super hard, you know, whereas the 13, it actually felt a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. Also really inspiring because it was absolutely pushing the grade for me. So I was willing to put in more work because it was like way more fun to me to do something that was something I've never done before. And like way out of the realm of what I thought was possible versus like just throwing myself at this thing that I was like, I don't like this. This isn't very fun. So I'm really glad that you bring that up and you have such specific questions to ask people. And honestly too, like it's super important to remember, like when you are pushing the grade for yourself, like 20 tries on something, like maybe it seems like a lot, but that's really not like for you. When you talk with people on projecting, do you find that most people, like they put a couple tries into something and then kind of figure out like, Oh, well, maybe I should try something easier. I guess I just can't climb that level yet. Like, what do you kind of say to them? Mm-hmm. So Right. That is, especially if you're newer to projecting, something that might come up. Um, and so that's actually like a big part of what I do as a projecting coach is we get away from that day as a success or a failure if you sent or didn't send. Um, and so we break down like specific goals and intermediate steps to help with that. Because, yeah, um, if you're new to projecting and you've now spent three days on this one climb and it's not happening and you're getting frustrated, that's where I see people like want to pull back and pull away from projecting. I'm not a projector. Like, I don't like to do that where, when they get to those like paint, that was like really frustrating moments. And so I like to break it down a little bit. So like you're working on this route and you keep like falling at this one spot, like let's spend a day, a day just figuring out that sequence and like trying a bunch of different things. Is, is it better statically, dynamically? Do your hips want to be over your re- left foot or right foot when you make that move? Like how, all of these little minute details. So that way you can walk away and be like, well, sweet. Like I have that sequence down, like bolt four to six, like in my sleep, you know what I mean? It's still hard, but I know exactly what I'm doing. And so getting those intermediate steps and like intermediate successes built into the process can allow us, you know, better failure tolerance and keep us in the process longer without getting frustrated. Um, There's a lot of ways to do that, but um, I really, really enjoy that because at the end of the day, you're like, you're learning so much. And then the send when it does come is sort of like icing on the top of the cake a little bit. And uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, there's nothing that like makes me more excited or happier than when I get to like watch an athlete light up and they sent something that they did not think that they were in the wheelhouse of sending. 
Yes. Oh my God. That's it's seriously such a rewarding moment. Like you're like, I'm going to cry. I'm so happy for you. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's important to kind of like reiterate what you said is we're not defining success and failure on like, did you send this route or did you not? Because in order for that to happen, you'd have to climb well below your limit. Like we just know that that's like, yeah, if you're going to define things that way, like I think just reframing that for people, like giving them that permission, like actually figuring out, like moving your foot, like one, one inch and having that work for you, that's a success for the day. Like if you did anything as small as that, like if you made one more move on your project, that's a massive success, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it. So talk to me a little bit about different projecting methods that people can use. So let's say they, they've identified a project. What are some of the ways that people can approach these instead of, let's say they are just following the same exact spot every single time. What are different methods that they can employ to kind of get past that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that case, if it's like that exact same spot every time, there, it depends on the route a little bit. You know, you have like, is it like a boulder route rest, separated by rest or is it like a super endurance route? Um, and so in the case of more of like an endurance route, one thing that I would look at with people is where when there are rests on that, are you maximizing or using the appropriate amount of rest time too short or too long? And so, you know, educating a little bit about like how long it takes for your aerobic system to recover your um, aerobics or your anaerobic system for that next bouldery crux. Like, I know you feel like your heart rate and respiratory rate is down for a minute. And if, but if you're at a no hands rest and you give it another two minutes, you are going to get actually quite a bit more back, even though you might not feel like different. Um, and so having, that's like a very specific example. And that's like, I get to know the routes really well that I coach on. So like, you know, we talked through some of that. Um, so if it's an endurance related thing, doing something like that can recover your, like your power more. So if you were more recovered, hopefully you could move past that one point of failure. Maybe it takes you longer to get into that, like lactic system of, um, that's kind of like a very physical, like you know, timing thing that you can work on. Um, it could be a mental thing too, though. Cause like once I've had that happen, like where there's a route where this move is not that hard for me, but mentally I keep falling on the same spot because I have fallen on it 15 times before and I just get up to it and you're just looking at it and it's almost looking at you. <laughs> You've ever had that? You're like, is that route? Is that whole looking at me being like, are you going to fall here again? Are you going to fall here again? It's right. like taunting um, you. It's like, ha ha. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You're like, me too. Shit. Um, and so for that, um, if it's more of like that mental thing, I kind of like the high point, low point method for that. So like if um, so I'll talk about this a bit more in like the Red Point Roundtable class, so I'm going to be doing a free class on some projecting methods coming up in the beginning of June, where we'll get into this in a little more detail. But um, basically the idea, like if you're falling at this one move over and over, and let's say after that move, the climb is over, but you always like, you know, that seems to be the case a lot of the time where it's like, oh, it's the last hard move and I keep falling. Um, climbing that move from the bolt right below it or the rest right below it and then moving that low point down. So um, you could talk about it in terms of bolts or rests. Let's say we'll talk about it in terms of bolts for simplicity. So it's that bolt six. So you need to, I would recommend then if you're going to use this method, Start at bolt five. Can you climb from bolt five to the top of the climb? Sweet. Maybe you do that first time. Bolt four to the top of the climb. Bolt three. Maybe bolt three is like that's when you're starting to like have enough movement in there that you start to lose the flow. And so that takes you a while. 
And so slowly moving that down. And so, I mean, your beta memorization, you are going to have that thing dialed, first of all. Um, second of all, you're going to be pulling that move after a considerable amount of climbing and without the mental stress of the send, because you can't send it. You started at bolt three. So like, we just took that right off the table, <laughs> right? You're starting at bolt three and slowly moving that down, um, and getting used to, um, things in that way. So that's like a really, a really nice one for either bouldery routes or routes where there's like that one move where it's like always that one move that you can kind mm -hmm. of smooth that uh, like psychological break that's happening yep absolutely oh i love that i know when you i remember watching your instagram i think it was last summer um when you were working on i want to say was it monsters of the deep i want to say it was like mm. specifically was it that one where you were that one or snake eyes mm -hmm. was, if it was the one where i was following the same spot over and over that snake eyes yeah that okay. one was yeah. I remember yeah. watching you, you do that where you're like, okay, I can climb it from here. Let's just start to move this a little bit lower down because it really is like, it's such a mind game. Then when you get up there and you're like, okay, well I can pull this. Let's say you fall on that same spot every single time you can pull right back on and do it, but it's just mm -hmm. mentally stuck in your head that like, nope, this is where you fall now. So really being able to like have tangible things like here, no, try this. I think not only does that like make you way more confident in your Self, but you're also, like you said, going to dial it in way better. And eventually like that thing is going to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I walked away, you know, from each session being like, that was marked progress. I went for now I can go boat bolt two to the top. You know what I mean? So that hasn't happened before, as opposed to always starting on the ground, always trying to send, not sending over and over and right <laughs> like, this is when you see people like, or that are just like, you know, whatever, I don't like to do this. So I really liked, there's so many ways and so many ways that we can like break into that and give those intermediate steps and still find joy in it, which is why we're all doing it. Um, and walk away being like, cool. Yeah. There is something learned today. There's some progress that I Okay, if it's as hot where you are as it is where I am, then you know it's probably time to start either heading way up in elevation or it's time to start training again. So for me, I always love training through the summer. I am such a big fan of doing maintenance work on my training so that I don't lose all of the gains that I worked super hard for throughout the year and then I take the entire summer off and then I come back in the fall and whoa, everything feels a lot harder. So for me, I really love maintaining my training throughout the summer and one of the easiest ways that I found to do that is low dose or minimum effective dose training. So the best way that I know how to do that for climbing is isometric training. So if you haven't heard of isometric training before, let me fill you in with what it is because it is absolutely brilliant. Isometric training is essentially you're trying to move an immovable object. So think about doing something like squeezing or compressing your refrigerator. You're probably not going to be able to compress that refrigerator, but you're recruiting all of your compression muscles in the process of doing so. And therefore you're actually building up your compression strength by doing that. The hold times are very short. The recovery times are typically very long. There's usually a lot less muscle soreness associated with isometric type of training movements. So you're gonna be able to recover a lot faster. And for me, this is absolutely
absolutely, this is the future of training. So no more tons of sets, tons of reps. The next day you woke, wake up and you're just like totally destroyed. For me, I really think that that's detrimental to getting stronger with climbing. And what I've really noticed as I've started to break into higher grades for myself recently is that the less training I do, but it's more targeted and more focused, more specific, the better off I am. I used to be totally in that camp of, oh, let me do like three hours training per day and then I'm gonna go on a run and then a core workout and it just gets to be literally so many different things. What I didn't realize is I was really just running my body down and then when it came time to perform for climbing, I was just too tired. So for me, isometrics have absolutely solved that problem for me and they've allowed me to get stronger than I ever could have imagined. The other really cool part about training and using isometric exercises is that you can actually start to quantify your results. So for me in my course, Strong Through the Season, I actually teach you how to really get clear on, okay, what are my strength metrics right now? And how can I actually see those improve? I walk you through how to use a device that I really like. It's called the Tin Deck. And the Tin Deck, essentially, it's a Bluetooth weight sensor. So you can pull down on it and you can actually see how hard that you pull. And you can start to graph that. You can write those down and take those measurements week after week and start to see yourself get stronger and stronger. And that in and of itself is such a cool feeling. I walk you through everything in that program, Strong Through the Season. I created this program as a five-week isometric training plan that you can actually reuse, recycle the information in here. And it's really built to keep you strong through the season because again if you just like totally stop during your peak or your performance season for me the summer is always reserved for hard sport climbing I really love trying to push my limits you know I want to be able to climb 13 plus this year but again I don't want to stop training because for me it gives me so much confidence to know that when I am training I'm getting stronger and when I step on the wall I know that I've done every single little thing that I can and then all it comes down to is it's just time to perform it's time to have fun it's time to try your best so I will put the link to learn more about Strong Through the Season in the show notes. And you can actually use code podcast to get 15% off this program. So this is one of my all-time favorite programs. Again, it's a five-week program. I walk you through what isometrics are, how to use them, how to start quantifying. I walk you through every single step of the way so that not only are you going to have a training plan at the end of this, but you're going to know exactly why you're doing the things that you're doing. The intention behind things matters so incredibly much. If you believe beyond a doubt that what you're doing is getting you stronger, it absolutely is going to get you stronger than if you're sitting there questioning and wondering like, what the hell am I even doing? Is this even working? So super excited about this program. It is one of my all time favorites. It's one of my most popular training programs as well. It's the one that I love and use for myself. This is the one that if my friends or close family, they want to train for climbing, this is the one that I would recommend to them just because you're going to get the most bang for your buck. You're going to recover so much faster and you're going to actually be able to see yourself get stronger week after week, which is a really, really cool feeling. Absolutely. And I think there's such a high correlation too, between your feelings of success and enjoying the sport. Like that's really what we're doing here is like, how can we find ways for you to feel more successful so that you walk away still loving this at the end of the day? And you're not just like, wow, I suck. And like, that's (laughs) what am I even doing here? Like really working on ways to improve that relationship with climbing essentially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, it's kind of this thing where, yeah, projecting, there's so much that goes into it. Um, and helping people on both ends of the spectrum has been super rewarding, helping them on the, Hey, I've never really projected before, but I want to try this, this like 11 C want to try to red point it to, Hey, I've been projecting for a long time and I'm getting kind of beat down and like that things aren't going that I feel like should be going and it's distracting from my love of climbing and things like that. So it's been cool to work on both ends of the spectrum and everything in between. Mm-hmm. So would that be one of the times then? So let's say, okay, like I'm really not like loving rock climbing right now. Like, would that be one of the times that you'd suggest to one of your athletes or yourself to be like, let's take a break. Let's walk away from this route. Yeah. I would say, um, I always like to think of it like there are no failed projects. There's just unfinished projects. Um, and it'll be there for you but maybe, maybe it's going to be more beneficial for you to go on some fun adventure romp climbs up in the mountains. Maybe you want to go on a trip with some people that you really care about and like rekindle that, that love and that fire somewhere else and come back to it. Um, yeah, usually I like to say when you're at that point where you're like, do I diverge? Do I stick with it? Like, could I just, because there's some times where you just need to kind of like stick with it. Right. Too. Um, when it's getting to that point where it's like, detracting from your love of climbing and you're doing it because like you feel like you should or you have to when you're getting into those types of thoughts and feelings that might be a good time to um divert for a little while Mm -hmm. um if you're struggling but you're like man I got the fire like I'm so stoked then yeah keep going Mm -hmm. yep because I remember there was this route for me I think it was almost it was I think two years ago. And it was this where I was just falling on the same spot. I think I put like 30 plus red point burns into it. And that was after figuring out all of the beta, mm-hmm. like 30, I think it was like one hang red point burns. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. I was like mentally, like, this is not good for me. I am not enjoying this. Like mm-hmm. I am going to choose to walk away. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm picking a date. And if I haven't done it by that date, like I'm going to be okay walking away. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get on it again at some point. But for me, it was like, yeah, it was definitely detracting from the fun of the sport to where it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this needs to have an end time. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think, yeah, it's hard, but I think it's, it's a good thing too. And, um, you know, maybe in that time you develop something else, maybe you develop another skill or you develop another mental tactic or something like that, that when you come back, you're actually a little bit of a different climber and then it clicks better. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's all about that learning process. So tell me a little bit more about the Red Point Roundtable. And then you also have an upcoming program, Send Training, which I know you've yeah. or you've had quite a few people go through it, have really great experiences. So tell us a little bit more about those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, Red Point Roundtable is a free class that I'm going to give. Um, and so I'm going to give that on June. <laughs> um, I'm going to give that on June 10th. So a week from when this, this will air. And so I'm going to go through a little bit like things to consider with projecting selection. And I'm going to go through a projecting strategy, um, for everybody to learn from. And so that's totally free. And I'm, I really like that. I get to meet a lot of, a lot of new climbers in that. And so look forward to that. Um, then I'll, you know, if you like follow me or on my email list, you'll get a bunch of information about that and how to sign up. Um, and yes, yeah. So I'm doing send training again, which is awesome. This is the group program that I run for, projecting for sport climbers. And so 
it's really awesome because you get into this group and everybody's kind of, you know, not everybody's at the same like grade level. That's not really what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for in this group is people that are at a similar stoke level. They want to learn about projecting, you know, they want to make their projecting experience better in some way, whether they're new to it or if they've been doing it for a while. Um, and we talk about different projecting methods, when to use them, like all of these little finer details that nobody really talks about when it comes to sending harder sport routes, you know, like, like, how do you, how do you go about some of that stuff? And so we do that. And then we also have an opportunity for everybody that is in the program. We do group calls. So like hot seat coaching, like you can be, you are getting coached on your project. You can come and be like, well, last Saturday I was on it and this, 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 this went well. Um, I tried this thing that you mentioned, you know, kind of reporting back. And the cool thing about that then is that then you can get outdoor guidance for your next time that you're on it. But because it's a group thing, you get to, even though, you know, Sally is having this experience that is not really relevant to what you're doing right now, it might be in two years. And so you get to like get kind of a lot more information than if it would be like just me and one other person talking. Um, and so that's sort of cool. So I'm running that, you know, that'll run like through, through the summer. So getting like a really, really stoked cohort of people in there is, it's awesome. Um, and I'm going to bring back, yeah, some fun things that we did last time and yeah, really stoked about it. There's nothing that, yeah, makes me more excited than helping people see that they can send a little bit harder than they thought they could because that opens up a whole other like set of like if I didn't think I could do that and with the right steps and a little bit of guidance in a lane, I did like, what else can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of what, that's what everybody gets to come away with. from that. I love it. And I'll link everything to in the show notes for you guys so that you can sign up for the free masterclass. You can learn more about send training as well. I'll link all the information for Carly so that you can follow her on Instagram and join her newsletter. And Yeah, I really love what you said too about the community aspect of being in a group program because like that is honestly, for me, that is such an accelerated learning process because not only do you get to learn from the coach who's super knowledgeable, but you get to learn from everybody else as well because like I I fully admit, and I know you do too, we're like, we don't know everything. Like we just can't possibly know everything. And a lot of the times, like the wisdom nuggets that other people in the group bring, it is like, that's the thing that solidifies it. Like sometimes you have to hear things a little bit different way or you have to hear Mm -hmm. that, like that person personal shared experience that you have with somebody else. And that's going to be the thing that like really resonates and lands with you. So I absolutely love that you're doing it in a group format. And, and for me, in my mind, I'm like, sweet summer's like sport climbing season. Like it's too hot to go bouldering. So like, why not? if you can actually just like push the grade a little bit. And I know you said like you can send just a little bit harder than you think you could, but I honestly think with the right like projecting tactics, you can probably send a lot harder than you think you can. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just opening the can of worms, right? Yeah. yeah. In the yeah. best way possible. Like let's yep. open this all the way up and see what you can really do here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And yeah, I'm stoked for it. It's, it's really it's really important to have that community aspect too, because not everybody wants to project and that's totally okay. And, you know, everybody wants different things out of climbing, but if you're in Romney and, you know, like you only know a couple of people that are really interested in pushing your in projecting and you get to be in a group of people, then instead now you have like all eight of you and you guys are all in the same spot. You're maybe kind of like dealing with the same frustrations, all of that, even though one of you is in Romney and one of you is in Smith, um, having a group of people that are going through the exact same 
kind of process that you're going through just makes it feel like, oh, okay. Like I'm, what I'm doing is like, this is good. This is like helping me grow. This is all this stuff. And it just kind of changes that experience for you to have that like space to share soap, vent frustration, be like, what about this thing? You know, all of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. So is there anything else that you want to share with us? before we hop off. This was honestly so great. And you're one of the first people that I was like, holy shit, she has really taken the art of projecting and broken it down. And I was like, "Hmm, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. I think it comes from, you know, like my background is engineering. And so like, I definitely come at it with a bit of that, like analytical mindset. You know, I worked as an engineer for four years after school. And so when I was failing on certain projects, I'm like, what are the variables? How are they related and how can I like start to change them, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I definitely have that, that mentality of it. And so that's what I try to do is break it down a little bit to help people make it feel a little more accessible and a little more fun. Yes, absolutely. Hopefully a lot more fun. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it's all about too, is like, yes, if you're having fun, like you you are successful for the day, like you've won. So thank you so much for being on the show. I absolutely loved this conversation. I think it's going to help a ton of people, you know, whether it's the injury piece of it or whether it's talking about projecting and just saying like, okay, yes, you can project and you were allowed to try more than three times on a route. And like, you Mm -hmm. can probably still do the route. You know, it's not out of your wheelhouse. I will link everything to Carly so you guys can connect more with her and thank Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was great talking. Thank you so much to Carly for coming on the show. I hope you guys loved that interview. I love catching up with Carly. Hopefully you were able to take a lot from her sharing her story and she is just such an incredible person in our community. I am so proud of everything that she's done and all of the people that she helps. I will link everything where you can connect further with Carly in the show notes. You can follow her on Instagram, hop on her newsletter list, and if you are interested in scent training, you can learn more about that as well. This is something that the climbing community has desperately needed and I'm so excited to see this finally come to life. So if you have not yet left a rating and a review for the podcast, I would so, so, so appreciate if you would leave one. It helps me so much and I always love going through and reading the reviews. If you have not yet left one, I promise it does not take very long. It's super quick. You can leave one on iTunes and it helps me. It helps other people find the show and it gives me the warm fuzzies. I so appreciate it and I will talk to you next episode.